BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome, everyone, to episode 55 of the Highly Relevant Podcast. I am your host, Jack Rico, and if you're a first-time listener to this U.S. Latino pop culture show, thank you for discovering us, and please share the show with all of your friends. This week, the new Vanity Fair December issue came out, and two Latinos are on the cover, Jennifer Lopez and Alex Rodriguez. I'm assuming you guys know by now they're going out, uh, and they're now known as J-Rod. Uh, I talked to Bethany McLean, who was the writer who spent several days with them to do the cover story, and we discussed everything from why Latinos are rarely on the cover of Vanity Fair, the how-to of her writing process, and how she discovered the trait that bonds them together. And if you're ever in L.A., Southgate to be exact, and you're looking to eat healthy food, you might want to give Eat Good a shot. It's the vision of a Latino couple, him a Hollywood actor and her a businesswoman, who recently had a child and at the cost of their life savings, wanted to improve the health of their Latino community and make a go of it as small business entrepreneurs. Listen to their story here on the Highly Relevant Podcast. If you've happened to walk by a newsstand recently, you might have noticed Jennifer Lopez and Alex Rodriguez on the cover of the December issue of Vanity Fair. Bethany McLean, who wrote the cover story, joins me now on the phone to discuss the details of her experiences with arguably the two most powerful and influential Hispanics in the United States. Bethany, thanks for coming on the Highly Relevant Podcast. Thanks for having me. So take me through this cover of Jennifer Lopez and Alex Rodriguez. For me, it's a bit of a, it's a rarity to see two Latinos on the cover of Vanity Fair. And that just brings up, you know, all these different types of conversations. But it's rare to see Hispanics on the cover. What was the original appeal? What was, what is the appeal that you, the editors, had of having Alex Rodriguez and Jennifer Lopez on the cover of the December issue of Vanity Fair? Well, I think it's multiple factors. I think, one, it's a great love story. Um, These two incredibly accomplished people who have come together a little bit later in their their lives after both going through a lot of, a lot of, a lot of hard times. I think, too, it's a story of people who are self-made, and I think that's that's really important. And I think three in this time where so many issues are so tense, particularly surrounding immigration, I think it's lovely and important to feature to people who are the children of, of immigrants um, on the cover. I think I think it's a strong statement. So take me through how you uh, were assigned to be the writer 
<laughs> for this amazing couple that you call the Marilyn Monroe, Joe DiMaggio of today. Uh, was it your idea? Did you pitch it? Did they come to you? Uh, any ideas that you brought to the table? Tell me how that came together. So it is a little bit of a departure for me based on my previous work. I'm much more of an um, investigative business reporter. Mm -hmm. And I think it was the magazine. I can't take you inside their decision-making about how they, 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 they handled the assignment. It was the, the, the magazine's idea. Um, and they came to me and asked if I'd, if I'd, if I'd do it. And there's you know, a little bit of a business angle in that both of them are, are pretty, pretty, pretty phenomenal business uh, people. Okay. But I think it was more a, a, a sense that maybe I'd, I'd appreciate the two of them, um, which I did very, very much. Um, I can look at their lives and the way they've lived, lived them and the accomplishments they, they have and, and be very respectful of that. How did you want to approach this story? Because it was a great written story. Uh, it detailed a lot of things that I didn't particularly know about Jennifer and Alex. What is it that you wanted to get out of the story and how long until you felt comfortable uh, that you knew exactly how the story was going to be told? Oh dear, those are those are difficult questions. I don't think I ever go into a piece sort of knowing what I want to get out of it. I went in really not knowing either of them. I learned about them by reading on the plane out out to LA. As we discussed, this is sort of outside my <laughs> sphere of, of of expertise. So I really went in with the attitude I was just going to sit down and listen to the two of them and hear and hear what they they had to say. And I guess it, it quickly became apparent to me that this was a story of two people who had a lot of similarities in their lives and who were bonding over some of their their sense of shared struggle. Um, and that to me uh, that to me became became the narrative because it's what it's it's what makes them who who they are as, as as Jennifer said and Alex said that they're both just so much alike that they that you know, they came into this immense fame and fortune in their 20s and were the were the were the first to do it you know she was the first um, Hispanic um, um, actress to have a to have a multi-million dollar to earn over a million dollars for a role you know he got the richest baseball contract in history and with that achievement comes a lot of a lot of pressure and they they navigated it in ways, and sometimes that they both say weren't 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 particularly graceful, and they they and they learned from that. And so, to me, it became very much the story of of two people who are a little bit older and who have who have who have found themselves and found each other. How many days did you spend with them in order to write this story? Because you know, for a lot of people in the media business, a lot of entertainment reporters, for example. Uh, they do press junkets or they do roundtables or they do uh, something like we're doing now, which is a, you know, 20 minute conversation or so. Uh, and that's kind of like the duration that a reporter usually has with a celebrity. Not so with Vanity Fair. So I spent a fair amount of time with them. I spent time with them at Jennifer's house, and then I went to a couple of their events, including a event to celebrate the world of dance and the Shark Tank um, premiere launch. And then I flew to Las Vegas with them and went to her show um, in Vegas with him. And then I, I went to work out with them. So I guess I, I spent a fair amount of time with them, and I felt like was I it like a few I, weeks or a few. No, days, no, no. Or? It was it was over the course of two or three days, I guess. Oh, okay. Um, but there was definitely that sort of time is really valuable because it's it's 
what you learn about people are the things that, that, that aren't said. The fact that they were both very respectful to each other and clearly just deeply engaged with each other. And then, frankly, the way they treated other people around them as I trailed after them. Mm-hmm. If they stopped to talk to someone, there was never once that they didn't tur- one of them didn't turn around to introduce me as well. And I Wow, that's great. A- that's I've very spent a lot of, and gentlemanly of Alex and, and a lady like and of and, and of Jennifer. I've spent a lot of time with with powerful people in the business world, and I I have to say that's a rarity. They have a ton of class, and so when you're around them and you you see that it 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 is something that just comes naturally for the two of them. It wasn't put on in any way. Were there any rules that were established before you interviewed them, like things that you couldn't ask, things that were going to prohibit uh, the authenticity no. of your writing in any way? No, no, absolutely none. Yeah, so the incredible access you had was, was first of all, I, I know that they tend to be shy and very private uh, about their own lives just because I have followed them since the inceptions of their own personal careers. Um, they, they, they are extremely good to the press. Uh, I've never really truly heard anything bad about them. But at the same time, they are private. So I thought that the, maybe there was something that they particularly didn't want to talk about, but it just sounds to me like they were like a like an open book there were they they seem to be in a place in their lives where they don't want to hide any more secrets and i thought i felt that alex more than jennifer had a lot more to risk by opening up how how would you um describe the conversations you had with alex about the low moments of his life I thought they were they were very genuine and they came about quite naturally. I didn't feel uncomfortable asking him um, at all because I think it's something that he's quite open about because he struggled to come to terms with mistakes that he's that he's made in the past. And he's he's to me the the great, one of the great similarities between them is that they're both seekers and strivers, and so they're both trying to learn more about the world, learn more about themselves, learn more about each other. And because that's the way they are, they don't have a a barrier of, oh, I won't, I won't talk about that. Mm. We don't, we don't, we don't go there. It's just, it's not part of their, it's not part of their worldview. And that felt very, that felt very apparent to me. Did you discover anything new about Jennifer and Alex that maybe had not, not, had not been known to you or anybody else before? I, I don't know that it was so that, that there's so much to me a new fact of, of 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 any kind. I think the the real surprise to me was how genuinely respectful and friendly their relationship is. You know, if you're if you're with them, they're they're engaged with each other. They're they're talking to each other, not in a not in a sort of put on let's pose for the cameras kind of way. Much more in a just extremely natural natural way and I was I was just struck by what real people they were it wasn't it it was as I said I I don't do a lot of celebrity coverage but if you had asked me I would I would not have expected to have gotten real people you know one of the interesting things that I noticed in writing in in, in the way you wrote the story is that you never referred to them as Latinos or Hispanics Uh, there was mention of them being from the Dominican Republic and Puerto Rico but you yourself did not describe them as Latinos. Was that deliberate? Uh, I don't know that I... It's it's something like you, that is... Like, you didn't call her a Latina actress. You didn't call, you didn't call him a Hispanic baseball player. Well, it's something that is so... such a part of their story that I guess I didn't feel like it needed to be 
to be sort of I, that it needed to be made explicit. You know, she she talked about how they were both Latino, and that's something that they bonded over. She talked about being the first Latina actress to mm-hmm. to to make a million dollars. I I I I often feel like things are more powerful as subtext, particularly when the subtext is 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 quite obvious that you don't need to hit it over the head. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe I love it, that. Oh, good. I'm glad. I, that I, seemed, I love that. That seemed like the right way for me. No, and I think it. it is the right way. I think what happens is as soon as you mention someone's heritage, uh, especially if they're American-born, uh, yep. it just causes this sort of approach of, of looking at them differently. It's subliminal, but it's something that I notice because as a Latino, it's for, I don't know, it's I think something about Latino writers, we always like to... Uh, describe where they're from. I think it's something natural. Nobody says anything too much about it. But I think that in this climate today, uh, that sort of non-reference of where they're from allows you to be uh, sort of more immersed with them just being American, American business people, American celebrities, as opposed to, you know, Latino celebrities. So I love the fact that you did that. Uh, another Another thing that I wanted to ask you was, one of the key things that I think a lot of people are very interested with Jennifer Lopez is her 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 ability to stay young forever. You had yeah. written something about how at 28 she was a very beautiful woman, but at 48 she might actually be even more beautiful. You went yeah. to the gym with her. You spent some time with her. What do you think are those things that make her even more beautiful at the age of 48 entering the 50 where a lot of women see themselves age uh, and she just seems to not to stop and defy time. She she really does, and I don't know what her secret is. I think some part of it is fairly clean living. She takes care of herself. She exercises. She she gets a lot of sleep. But to, to me, she's completely natural and just so stunningly beautiful, and in a way that is actually uplifting and inspiring to be around her rather than... Um, rather rather than negative you know you could be around as a woman you could be around another very beautiful woman and feel sort of schmucky right, mm-hmm, right. <laughs> and instead <laughs> and instead when you're when you're when you're around Jennifer maybe it's perhaps her personality maybe it's because she is so natural maybe it's because she is her own person with her her own look she doesn't fit into a cookie cutter mold that you actually feel quite confident around her she she sort of makes i think she makes everybody around her feel more confident rather than rather than less so and that's a part of her that's a part of her looks and her personality and her magnetism as as well so, but as to what it is that makes her, that, <laughs> I think it's some, some combination of good living and really, really, really great genes. <laughs> you know, I was always curious, you know, do, do you, when you take notes, do you take notes with pen and paper or are your notes done via a audio recorder? And then <laughs> once you have that, when you go back home, how long does it take you to go through all the notes and then actually start writing? And then how long does it take to actually write the piece? No, so it, I feel like there's no rhyme or reason to any of this. Um, in this case, I did have a tape recorder for the interview I did with the two of them at, at her house. Um, and 
I, I do find if you're interviewing two people at once, it's much better to have a tape recorder because otherwise it becomes very difficult to notate who's, mm. who said what. Um, so I'm really, but I don't, I'm, in my usual course of work, I don't use an, a, a tape recorder. I'm usually doing fairly investigative projects and getting people to talk is hard enough. And the last thing you want to do is say, and now can I pull out my tape recorder? <laughs> so I know. I normally don't don't tape record, and interestingly enough, a lot of the observations in the story came from the time I spent with them where I didn't have a tape recorder out. So moments that you so, just remembered, yeah. Or, or what I did is I'd take notes on my phone when they when they when they mm. when they'd say something or something would happen that I thought was particularly interesting. I just grabbed my phone and jot it down so that I didn't that I didn't forget it. And then I take all those notes and I assemble them, and then. I try to come up with some sort of, normally the, the sort of outline, the narrative will just kind of appear to me and then I, I try that and then I sort of whittle it down into a, into a story. But I've always found, I'm sure you've found the same thing. Some things are very easy to write and some things are really hard to write. And there's no, you can't, um, you can't, you can't, you can't guess beforehand which one it's going to be. It just is <laughs> or it isn't, right? And then overall, and, uh, go ahead. Oh, so I, so this, this, Probably this was a fairly quick turnaround story, so I spent, you know, a few days with them, and then I probably spent about a week and a half um, writing the piece and doing follow-up interviews. So it was, it was, a, it was a quick turnaround. Wow! So a week and a half. So so it actually took you some time. You know, a lot of people think that it might be like, oh yeah, I uh, I did this in a few hours or something like that, but it actually <laughs> takes time because you have to. Well, you also have to craft how you're going to tell a narrative. You have to find what the narrative is, and. So that the piece has 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 movement, so that it starts somewhere and ends somewhere else, and then you have to figure out you know, what what you're going to use where in order in order to to tell that narrative. So I I I never whenever anybody says to me, oh, I just want to be a writer. Writing is so fun. I always sort of look at them, and my eyes get wide. <laughs> I think fun. <laughs> I, <laughs> I work. <laughs> I mean, it's really it's really fulfilling work, but it's but it's work. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and before I let you go, you know, big news coming out of Vanity Fair with Graydon Carter stepping down. Uh, thoughts on uh, Graydon Carter, his legacy, uh, what he's meant to that magazine as you're a contributor for it. Um, any, any, any thoughts, anything you want to say about that? Well, my whole experience at the magazine has been Graydon Carter. He's the one who hired me as a contributor, I guess, about a decade ago. Um, and so I owe everything to him and have been just always endlessly impressed when I sit down with him to talk about a story that he knows exactly what the right questions are and exactly how to go to the heart of 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 what the issue is. And Graydon's also been an amazing supporter of of, of quality journalism. You know, Vanity Fair does a lot of celebrity covers, but Vanity Fair also does a lot of very hardcore investigative work, and Graydon's been a huge supporter of the, the, the resources and the sort of toughness it takes to do, to do that kind of work. So I have, I don't, I don't know what will happen after, after, I'm very sorry that he's, that he's, that he's going. He's been my career there, and I, I, I hope, I hope that in this very tough era for print journalism that that, that the magazine can can continue. Bethany McLean is the writer of the J-Rod cover of the December issue of Vanity Fair. Thank you so much for being on the podcast, Bethany. Thank you so much for your time and your interest. Have a great day. If you're looking for some new songs to listen to, check out these three tracks you might want to add to your playlist. 
this weekend. Hay amores que nunca maduran, se pudren y la luz no logran ver. Ciclo, Simón Grossman. Hay amores eternos que nunca florecen y no los puedo entender. Quiero Fantasma de Lian. Hechizo, Carlos Ares featuring Leroy Sánchez. Southgate, Los Angeles is a middle-class neighborhood known for its Latino fast food restaurants. Walter Perez, an actor who was in The Avengers and his wife Bridget, a businesswoman, wanted to add a more healthy flavor to their stomping grounds and make some money for their newborn son. The result was Eat Good with a U, a restaurant that serves a healthy menu of salads, sandwiches, soups, and teas at an affordable price. Will Latinos opt for the healthy fare? Well, Walter seems to think so, and he joins me now on the podcast. Walter, what's up, my man? Yeah, but everything's good, man. Everything's good. We're we're uh we're two weeks two weeks in that we opened up Eat Good in Southgate. Break down to me. You're an actor in Hollywood, uh, successful career, and all of a sudden, you're doing a store where it's not like you sent somebody to build it, and you just <laughs> happen to be an investor. You know, while 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 you're doing your craft of acting, you know, throughout the world. No, no. It, I, from what I understand, you built it from the scratch, and you're running the whole place, right? Yeah, pretty much. Me and my wife. That's crazy. Okay, so take us through exactly uh, why you decided to do this store. It's called Eat Good. What's the mission statement behind the store, and um, how long did it take for you to, to 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 get ready? We, me and my wife, have been pitching ideas for a business. Uh, um, I had always wanted to open up a sandwich shop in in my neighborhood and the reason for that was was to bring um a healthier alternative. And you live in southgate i live in southgate which is which Angeles, is, you know predom- yeah. predominant the latino community um you know over over 150,000 people and there aren't any really good restaurants around here that, that aren't fried food you, know, you have a lot of taquerias um, and then, you know, and you got the other, other spots that are like, uh, you know, your subways and your Pollo Loco and, and your, your other fast food chains. Uh, but there's nothing that's really like clean and, and healthy. And so that's what I always wanted to bring, you know, and, and because I, I do, I still live in the city of South Cape, um, about my home here after several years, you know, going to college and then moving up to Hollywood for a little bit. Uh, I decided ultimately that I wanted to, to buy my house in the, the community that I grew up in. So that's what I did. And so I said, man, I'm here now. Uh, but when when you're in Hollywood, when I'm going to, to meetings for, for all my acting stuff, um, you know, it's very easy to get good food, get healthy that's food. True. You don't have to go to Panda Express. You can go to a little, you can go to Lemonade, you can go to Sweet Green. There's so many options, you know, so, many, so much good food. Um, vegan options if you want, vegetarian options. I mean, there's, there's everything. And so when you come back to the neighborhood, you know, and you come back home late, and where are you going to go eat? Unless you bring something back from Hollywood, where are you going to go eat? So um, I decided, man, this, I think there's a niche here. I think there's something that we can we can definitely uh, do here that, that will 
will uh, help this community. Now, you know? now, now, one of the things that that struck me immediately was, first of all, <clears throat> if, if if you have Latinos that like fried food and that you know that's what they eat for breakfast, lunch, dinner, why would they buy something healthy? Because the mission statement of Eat Good is healthy sandwiches, right? Healthy salads. It's a sort right. of a, a healthy option. Why would Hispanics right. prefer the the healthy stuff over the the fried food, fatty, delicious stuff? Well, I think that's a misconception. I think Latinos Latinos do want to eat healthy. I just think they don't have the options. So, um, you create it. You know, I mean, people here in Southgate uh, drive to Downey. Which is the city that's neighboring us to the uh, to the east? That's where you go and get like different types of foods. That's where you can actually go and get a good salad. That's so they, where you go and get a, a different there, huh? sandwich. They'll head over there, yeah. And so, so Southgate. I mean, it's not a backward city. I mean, people here are definitely educated. There's a lot of young professionals, uh, a lot of business people here. Um, but it is also, you know, a, a lower income, middle income uh, neighborhood too. Um, but you know, there, there is a. I think there's, there's the restaurant that we're opening is, is we weren't set to, to open it just for one particular crowd. You know, it's for anybody. One particular market, it's for anybody, anybody. And so you have like women that come in there, uh, that you, you wouldn't think would come in there. You know, how gentrified is the is the customer that's going in? How gentrified? Yeah, is it like? I've, a lot of white people and some Hispanic people. <laughs> no, no, no. There, there are, are no white people. I mean, I, I think the only white person that has come into our our, our establishment is um, some of the teachers that are right next, right behind our, our shop. Oh, um, sweet. Okay. Aside from yeah, and 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 then friends that I've invited. Like we had our grand opening, and we had you know a, a few of my Caucasian friends that came out to the neighborhood. Um, and it's interesting. Uh, there was this man that came up to me. After um, after the grand opening, uh, he said he came by. He said he was working on his yard all day. So he's like, man, I want to go check out this guy's place. So he walked over and he saw like three or four white people standing in line to order. And you know, they happened to be my friends. And he stood behind one of them and he said, <laughs> he said that he had like this really bad vibe from one of these guys, you know, which, which oh, I knew God. I know who, who it was. He's like, I don't know. It's just he like he looked at me like I was like just kind of dirty or that I just didn't belong there. Like, oh, what, what? is this guy doing behind me? Yeah, I'm like, no, man. I go, that's just I think that's that's just something that Latinos have ingrained in their head that they think that everyone's just, you know out to uh, like take your wallet and <laughs> yeah, yeah, or something. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, Dude, but but the, I I reassured him. I was like, no, man. I go. Those are all my friends, and, and yeah, white. There's Caucasians that are white folks that are gonna come in here, and it's not not a big deal. Yeah, it's not it's, a big they, deal. It, yeah, they, I mean, they come out here to support, and of course, you're gonna have uh, some people that are, that are not from this neighborhood that are gonna come, and I, and I and I I'm, I'm open open arms to all of them. How much time are you dedicating to the store? Is this something where? You're there at 15, 16 hours, or is this something where you go in, you check the place out, but you, I mean, you know, first of all, let me ask you this, dude. So you do the store, but sometimes there's like the idea, like you just talk smack. Ah, yeah, I'm going to open up store one of these days. And then there's like, holy smokes, I actually opened up a store and it's all the responsibilities (laughs) that go along with that. And you just had a kid. So how the hell are you handling your career? How are you handling being a father and now a husband and handling all this time building the store 
and now running the store. He goes everywhere with us. This little dude, little Oliver, goes everywhere everywhere with us. Um, so when we were building that that place, um, it was basically just myself. Uh, you know, my my girl would would stay stay home with the the baby um, and take care of him while I was you know working at the shop. The building out part aspect of it that was that was basically my my job. You know, and you put, so because, you put you, you know, put all your savings in, in into making this place. Pretty much. Pretty much. Wow. So this is a Pretty risk much. for you. If this doesn't work out, you're you're if you're, this you're, work you're cash out, broke. If this, if this doesn't work out. We're having we're having we're gonna have to move out of Southgate. Jesus, man. Well, <laughs> I, I, it sounds. Leave the state. I'm crossing my yeah. fingers, man, because it's starting to sound <laughs> like this is because it's a niche. It's singular. Uh, yeah. There's nothing like it out there. You really don't have competition. So you're like almost the game when it comes to health yeah. healthy food around Southgate. Yeah, we 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 knew that it was gonna be a, a big risk. You know, but um, I know the city enough, and I know the people that live in this na- in the neighborhoods around here. Um, I mean, I I grew up here. I grew up in the city of Southgate. I know, I know, uh, you know, everyone at the city hall. Um, my father was uh, part of this this uh, community in action program, uh, where where you know uh, citizens would get together with the police officers mm-hmm. and the city council to, uh, you know, make the neighborhood a little nicer, a little better, a little. Uh, get rid of crime and, safer right you know, safer and so uh i've been very involved and so i i just i, I know the city you know I, I just know it and i i knew that this was something that uh why well, we still don't know i mean so far it's been it's been good so far we've we've gotten a lot of uh a lot of really cool feedback on on our on our shop people come in there they're like oh my god thank god finally someone did it finally someone opened something healthy this is awesome like I mean, some people like almost in tears, bro. Like it's wow. It's 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 a really really awesome awesome thing to see, man. It really really awesome thing to see. I'm, I'm and and makes me even more excited about it. And you know, this this was all designed. We we designed this to to, to definitely to be a franchise. I mean, that was business wise. You you have to look at it that way. Uh, you can't just open up one store and expect to. I mean, because obviously there's you, you're running a business, so there's money that's involved. You're putting your own money, hard-earned money, into something, so you you have to play it smart. And um, that's that side, like the logistics side of uh, like finances and stuff like that. Um, me and my wife do together, but she is the one that like logistically does most of that stuff. Right. Uh, she she's had businesses, and uh, she's from El Paso, Texas, and, and we got together uh, uh, you know a few years back and. And she comes from that business world, and 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 uh, and I, you know I'm from the acting world. I mean that's that's the, from Hollywood. Yeah, and so it's she, like a total you know, contrast. I, yet you guys somehow make it work, and you know where to fit in your own roles. Yeah, yeah. So it's we, we make we make a really really awesome team, man. I mean a really really awesome team, and and uh, you know I, I couldn't have done this this without her. I mean it's just it's been been pretty incredible i I admire you man so let me ask you this what's the best sandwich that people should go out there to get i think all of all 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 of our sandwiches are pretty good what's your favorite what's your favorite so far i I think my favorite is is probably the uh the roasted uh pepper chicken open face toast damn dude you're it's a a mouthful watery (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's i think that's that's our other favorite i think that's the one we have um like if you go to our website at eatgoodgrub.com and remember it's a e-a-t-g-u-d grub.com not uh people think it's who came up with the name eat good that was me 
Nice. No, it it, it it flies out out of the mouth well. When we started thinking about names for the for the restaurant, we had a, a, few, a few different ones. Um, but I always wanted, I always knew that I wanted to have a, a, a restaurant that had two syllables and it was really easy to say. If people want to go to eat good, what's the address? Is there a website? Uh, is there a phone number? Is there uh, social media? Uh, how, what do we got to do? Yeah, so we got we got everything already uh, set up. Um, we have our Instagram account, which is uh, at Eat Good Grub, again with the U, Eat Good Grub, and then uh, our website is eatgoodgrub.com. Makes it a little easy. Mm-hmm. Um, and our address is at three zero zero eight Tweedy Boulevard in the city of Southgate, nine zero two eight zero. Walter, so good to talk to you, my man. Congratulations on the new store. And, uh, well, you guys, you guys know, Eat Good Grub on social media and eatgoodgrub.com, uh, right? Yep, eatgoodgrub.com. Let's do it. Good to talk to you, man. Likewise, man. That's it for episode 55 of the Highly Relevant Podcast. I'd like to thank Bethany McLean from Vanity Fair and my good friend Walter Perez for being on the show. And thank you guys for taking the time out to listen from your favorite streaming platform, wherever you may be. If you like this U.S. Latino podcast, please share it on your social media apps, tell your friends all about it. And if you can, have them subscribe and review the show. Hope you enjoy your weekend and stay connected with us via showbizcafe.com. See you next week on another episode of Hollywood. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.